Parenting Radio, here we are, number 19. How you doing, sweetie? Good, how are you? My name is Todd Adams. What is your name? My name's Kathy Adams. I thought you were a formless spirit. <laughs> that's an old joke. Um, <laughs> that's, an old... that's an old joke. All right, we are going to talk about a lot of stuff today. <laughs> Snippets, installments, I already used all those jokes, but uh, let's first... Re- you're, you're recycling old jokes. Yes, well, that's all I got. I can only give you what I got, and that's okay. what I got. Okay. Um, let's uh, recap last week's show. All right, so last week we talked about fear. Fear. We talked about how our children get fearful. We talked about how we get fearful as parents when our children get fearful. And how you get fearful when I put uh, yummy things into our yummy smoothies. Half of that sentence is honest. Yummy smoothies, yes. yes. Yummy things. I was at the grocery store and I got something called okra. I don't even know what okra is. I know. And I've been putting it into the smoothies because we make smoothies together in our Vitamix blender. Vitamix is a company we've been trying to get to sponsor us for a while. And, oh, boy. Should they sponsor us? And um, it's going to happen. They just need to some more time. At least that's our hopes. They need to understand how much we use their product and yes. that we would talk about it all the time. So I'm eating all these vegetables that I've never well, even heard of. Let's let's be clear. It, I eat probably five, six vegetables in mine as well. Right. But okra... Okay. I like the leafy vegetables. Right. I like the carrots. I like all the frozen stuff we put in there. Wheatgrass, yeah. frozen wheatgrass. I like all that stuff. But okra has this big stem on it that really grosses me out, and I really don't want to eat that stuff. And my point is it's going to be blended, so you're not going to be able to taste it. But the, the thing stem. is is I will know in my head. Can't you make yourself forget? No. You know what? Part of the reason that I'm a vegetarian is there's a lot of reasons, but one of them is because it's very difficult for me mentally to eat meat. Like I can't... I know it tastes good. I've had, you know, I've had plenty of good meat in my time, but I mentally struggle with what I'm eating. So to say to me, can you put a big old stem in your smoothie and then still enjoy it? No. But okra is not meat. (laughs) (laughs) But my point is, it's the same thing. You're saying to me, you, what did you just say to me? Can't you just forget it? Yeah. No, because I could also, you know... I don't know. I've never really liked hamburgers. What kind of meat did I used to eat? You used to get cheeseburgers from McDonald's, which drove me nuts because it's like, uh, with all due respect to McDonald's, I would have like a nice steak from a nice restaurant, and you're like, oh, I don't like that. But then we go to McDonald's drive-in, and you'd have a cheeseburger from McDonald's. Yeah, it was kind of the cheeseburger from McDonald's is really thin patty. Yeah, well, it's I kind would, of like when I went to Subway with uh, Charlie, and I got the the turkey the sandwich turkey without then, the turkey. And then took all the turkey. Yeah. Well, not all of it. I just left one piece of turkey on. One. But the point was, is it turkey. was so hard for me to eat meat in the first place. I finally made a decision to say, why am I doing this? How about when you had morning sickness and you would go to Pot Bellies and you would ask for um, a sandwich with cheese and that's it you know what some people call that a grilled cheese i know but the guy was like making fun of you wasn't he well he was just like is that it is that it so do you want any toppings on it no No. just bread and cheese yeah that's about as much as i could tolerate at that point in my life uh, but i guess going back to the okra i feel very proud about the things i put in my smoothie i put in a lot of things things i never used to eat and it's great and you're always trying to mess with the recipe so the tie-in was i was calling you a scaredy cat yeah you were calling me a scaredy cat and you got mad and we got in a huge fight we did that. Oh, okay. You just called me a scary cat and I said, hey, wait a second. I am very conscious about when I'm fearful and right now I am not fearful. I am making a choice to not want okra. Gotcha. And then you laughed at me because sometimes I get too deep about things. We tend I'm... to, yeah, all of a sudden <laughs> I'm getting a lesson because I want you to have okra. I don't even know what okra is, but. I don't either. Um, so we're talking about change and the first thing I want to say about change is change is the title of my favorite song 
ever. Yeah, Blind Melon Song. We have like eight different versions of that song. Yeah, we get a lot of versions because I used to steal all my music, but now I actually buy it off of iTunes. Now you're keeping it honest. I'm keeping it real. But um, I challenge the audience to come up with a single favorite song because it's impossible to pick your favorite song. I am making the impossible possible right here and now. Changed by Blind Melon is my favorite song. That doesn't mean it has to be everybody else's favorite song because I know it's not. But I challenge the audience to come up with a single... Is that single, really your I'm telling you, single favorite, favorite song? song of all time? And it's wow. not... Blind Melon is not necessarily my favorite group. They're, they're, they were only around a little while because Shannon, poor Shannon, got into drugs mm-hmm. and he... He died of an overdose. Yeah, he's sad. Wah, wah. Mm-hmm, big time, wah, wah. So that's, an, uh, that's a big downer for Zen Parenting Radio. I know. It's come to a screeching halt. But home. he gave something to the world because he gave you gave you your very favorite song. Thank you, Shannon Hoon. Yeah, yeah. He um, was like a kid, too. He was like yeah, 20. Yeah, he was like 20 or whatever. So, anyways. so I have a lot of favorite songs, and I feel too on the spot to give my one favorite song. So why don't I do that next week? Your homework next week is to come up with your favorite song. What if I said time? it was Backstreet Boys, I Want It That Way? Would that, that be embarrassing? You know what? We go to uh, karaoke bars, and I get up there and sing that song. I used to sing it kind of because I was making fun of you for liking that yeah. song. And it turns out now I like that song because I've sang it so much at karaoke Secretly, bars. I think everybody loves that song because it's a great song. Now, that isn't my all-time favorite song. I was just seeing if you were going to make fun of me. But that song... I want it that way. Tell me why ain't nothing <laughs> Is but Is that what you sound like when you have a microphone? No, it sounds me? better. I haven't warmed oh. up this morning. Oh, okay. You haven't warmed up, warmed up your vocal cords? That's right. I'm working on it. But that is a good song, and that song does not get old. I think that song stands the test of time, where it's still fun no matter when you hear it. Absolutely. And actually, you and I went to a Backstreet Boys concert because I am a good husband. And because Paul Bradley, our friend, got us tickets, and I think he laughed when I asked him for those tickets. Seventh seventh row. Yeah, and we got to go before everybody else, and we we didn't meet the band, but we were pretty close to them. And I knew every song. You knew every song, and I took one for the team. So husbands <laughs> out there, take one for the team, and that way you can ask your wife to take one for the team, whether it means going to a Bulls game or a Bears game or something like that. You know what? This summer, NKOTB, BSB are on tour. What are you talking about? <laughs> New kids on the block. And Backstreet Boys. Together? It's, it's the NKOTB, BSB tour. Oh, my gosh. I know. I didn't really do New Kids on the Block. I didn't really love their music. So but... is Justin Timberlake going to be a part of that? Um, honey, that's in sync. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> sorry. Hello. Okay. No, and neither is Nick Lachey, which was 98 Degrees. There oh. were a lot of boy bands. Gotcha. I get them all confused. In our 20s, yeah. yes. So no, but I've heard that people people have said they're good, like they've been on talk shows lately mm-hmm. and that they really kind of Are you going to rope me in to go it. into that thing? I don't know. Maybe if Paul Bradley wants to get his tickets Paul again. Paul Bradley, if you're out there, send me an email. <laughs> we need tickets to NKOTBTBTBTB. <laughs> So anyway, back to change. What do you know about change, for goodness sakes? Well, I know I got a good change quote okay. that I just wrote down right before we started. Right. The one thing we can depend on in life, mm-hmm. guess what that is? Change. Change. It's the only thing that stays the same, for it, goodness sakes. It is. And you want to know something? What? People don't like change very much. Why not? Um, well, uh, because it means that they have to change. Um, There's some okay. discomfort with that. There's some discomfort with change. And Getting I, outside of your comfort zone. Yes, and especially this being Zen Parenting Radio, especially when it comes to parenting, I think a lot of parents struggle 
with change if it be very simple like um, you know you're a new mom you finally get kind of a sleeping pattern for your child you're like okay this is when they nap and all of a sudden they start to give up a nap and it screws up your day and you're like okay now I don't know how to function because I used to be able to have my own time from one to three and believe me ladies and gentlemen I'm speaking from experience here and then all of a sudden they they're falling asleep early or late or all of a sudden they used to love a certain vegetable and now they won't eat it anymore I think that as a parent, and again, those are new, um, those are little kid things. I, it's the same as kids get older, you know, their likes, dislikes, interests change. And we, as parents, have to learn to roll with it. Yeah, we um, lose control. and it, it feels like we lose control. Right, and as parents, there's so many different things that we don't have control over. Yes. We feel like if there's a few things we can control, then you feel safe or comfortable. And then all of a sudden, if a few of those things that you thought you had control over, all of a sudden you don't, then you kind of get a little frantic and chaotic. You do, and especially, I'm going to focus on new moms again, or new parents, because um, I know there's a lot of new dads out there too. When when a baby comes home, or let's say you have a, a small child and then another baby comes home, you know, our families are constantly changing. That can be so chaotic. That That change is so huge and so demanding on your schedule and on your mentality and on you physically that you need to hold on to something. Like, okay, well, at least the baby sleeps in the middle of the day. Okay, that is my time. That's when I can rest. That's when I can do the laundry. That's when I can actually take a breath. And then when that starts to change, it does really throw you off. Right. Um, but I think as we you know, evolve, as we continue through parenting, we realize that it's constant. You never, meaning change is constant. And that we, I think my deeper message or what I hope our deeper message is in this show is to appreciate the moment and be mindful about the moment rather than make a decision. This is how it's always going to be. Well, I'm all for that. I guess as a dad, the one thing that throws me for a loop a little bit is I think I'm open to change, but what drives me nuts is maybe when there's an appearance of regression. Mm. So for instance, say you have a kid potty train, and then all of a sudden they start wetting their bed or something mm -hmm. like that. And you feel like you're taking steps back backwards. Mm -hmm. Can you do you think that there can you talk a little bit about even though something appears to be regressing, actually it is happening exactly the way it's supposed to be? Well, I guess what I would say about it is it, it may indeed be regression. Mm -hmm. Let's just call it what it is. It's it's a regression. But I think what the the uh, mistake that we make is we will say to our child, but you were going potty in the potty three days ago. You did it three days ago. You did it three, you know, we're focused on what happened three days ago. And there is a reason in that moment that they are quote unquote regressing. Mm -hmm. And that's where we need to spend our energy. Mm -hmm. I talk to parents so often about these things and we can give so many other examples where they're sitting there quizzing their kids or what's the word? Um, like where you're really, you're asking them a lot of questions and you're being Testing them? Not, no, where you're basically saying, but you did this three days ago. Why aren't you doing you're, it now? You're trying to deal with them as if they're a rational adult. Yeah, and you're asking them questions they can't answer. I'm sure the child is like, well, I don't know, but I'm not peeing in the pot. I just peed my pants. You didn't pee your pants for the last two months. Why did you pee your pants today? And now the question is valid, but the guilt trip mm -hmm. around it right. isn't valid. So I guess to like bring this full circle... You can say to them in a calm way, did something happen today right. that, that you know, maybe caused this or are there reasons why you think that you peed your pants? But instead of giving them a guilt trip about it, it used to be this way mm -hmm. and now it's this way. You should be like you were two weeks ago, but they're not because mm -hmm. it's today. Mm -hmm. Am I being too general here? No, I think so. I think, okay. you know, the, the moral of the story is kind of do your best parents and we have to remind ourselves of this yes. is just to roll with it. and. 
just because you think you know what's going to happen doesn't necessarily mean that that's what's going to happen. And to the whole point of life is to enjoy it and to be surprised. And to be, you can try to remember that in the back of your mind when something when life throws you a curveball, whether it's with your three year old or your thirteen year old or your twenty three year old. Um, you know, just deal with it as it's in coming the to moment, you. right? Can I give? I want to give a better example because I hear about this a lot now from parents at the end of the school year. Um, for some reason, and I think it's different for every child, sometimes children start to have school anxiety again mm -hmm. at the end of the year. That sounds really weird, right. right? You have a child who's been going to school all year pretty okay, you know, mm -hmm. maybe having a few off days, but for the most part making it there, and all of a sudden they start to have some school anxiety. They don't want to go. They want to stay home with you. They, they, are, they don't want to be there for whatever reason. And a lot of parents will, instead of kind of dealing with their children in the moment about, you know, let's talk about this. What can I do to help you? They say, but you've been going all year. Mm -hmm. What's the problem? You've been going all year. Well, yeah, they've been going all year, but something's happening now. If it be like you use the word regression, who knows? We can call it whatever we want, but the point is, is we got to be present for it. Right. Say to them, how can I help you? Instead of guilt trip them, right. how can I help you with this? What are some things that are going on in school? Are there things that are bothering you? Um, is it something, you know, is it something at home? Are you, do you miss me? You know, help them get, work through what their anxiety is about or what their worries are about. It may be really simple. And if you talk through it, you know, it may be, they may, like Cameron has been kind of getting ready to be done with school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's been saying things like she hasn't necessarily been having anxiety, but she's been like, oh. I got to go again, mm -hmm. you know, and we've just been asking her, well, let's talk about it. You know, what are your favorite things when you're there? What are your least favorite things? And, you know, kind of helping her process through it rather than making her feel guilty about sharing how she feels. Well, and I think the bigger, the bigger lesson is to, you know, as much as you're saying, ask some questions and do some of the talking at the same time, if you can provide an opportunity to listen to oh, yes. your kids and I think that starts with us talking by asking questions, but yes. then creating the space and, and letting them talk to you about what's happening. You're right. Like the, the way that I'm expressing it sounds like you just ask them a ton of questions. The, the, the guided questions that I'm offering here are more like be, are starting points. Mm -hmm. And then we need to shut our mouth a little bit <laughs> and listen to what they have to say and just be present mm -hmm. for them. So that's a good point. Well, Thank and you. then another thing is to validate their feelings. And, and, you know, that could be a reoccurring theme on every single you know, podcast that it's we do mm -hmm. is, you know, we as parents just want to fix everything. And there's times when kids just want to be heard and validated and, you know, say Cameron doesn't want to go to school instead of saying, oh, you got your friends and throwing all these things of why they, sh why she should want to go to school or saying, but you wanted to go last week or whatever. You say something like, wow, I, I know how it feels to have to do something that I don't really want to do. Right. And that stinks. And and adults, parents, let's think about this. Do you want to go to work every day? Mm -hmm. If you, um, you know, or, you know, we always talk about how being a stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home dad is a full-time job too. Do you get up every morning saying, I can't wait to do this again? Or right. some mornings are you like, you know, I don't have as much energy for this. Mm -hmm. Our kids are human beings. They're mm -hmm. just like us. Mm -hmm. And so if we can give them the space to share, mm -hmm how they're feeling that sometimes they don't want to be at school and sometimes it is difficult and they do need to cry in the morning. Wasn't there a story that you said when you were in the car with Cameron at one time and she said, we may have even talked about it on the show, but just so we can go over it again, she said she didn't like boys. Yes. And you um, were about to kind of say, well, your daddy's a boy and, and Max why don't, is a boy and Drew's a boy. Why don't you like boys? Right? And didn't you catch yourself from doing that? Uh, yeah. And I don't know. I was in a certain mood where I just was, she got in the car and said, um, you know, I don't like boys. And I said, oh, 
Mm-hmm. And you were quiet. <laughs> that was it. Because I really didn't, I, you know, part of it was professionally thinking. I was like, I don't really want to go there with her. So you withhold, you, you withheld your, your judgment, y- your wanting to fix this exactly. or judging it. And you said, oh, and you didn't say another thing. Right. And then what happened? And then she started talking and she said, well, actually it's just this one boy. And he said this and he said this. And I said, oh, mm-hmm. and then she said, and then this happened and then this happened. I said, oh, and she goes, well, really? I like this boy and this boy and this boy. Uh, mm-hmm. And so the point... She processed, she processed the entire thing it. without any help from you other than you saying, oh. Other, and I would stick, I would say that the saying, oh, and being present is, is well, it's being present. Mm-hmm. It's being there and holding the space for that. But if you're saying, oh, and you're listening to the radio and you're doing something else and you're not listening, that's not good. Yeah, you that's need, disconnected. You need to connect with her. Right. But yet at the same time, See if she could, I mean, at the time she was, what, four or five yeah, years she old? Yeah, it was a few years but ago. But even at that young age, she still had the ability to process this, and we want to process everything for our kids right. at times. I mean, I know we I We want do. to help them process through it. We want mm-hmm. to help them process through it and, you know, just try new things. Maybe next time your kid comes to your problem, whether your kid is 3 or 13 or 23, just say, oh. Right. Moral of the story, oh. And... Like you said, don't do it in a disconnected, I'm doing laundry way. Right. Do it in a, I'm interested, mm-hmm. tell me more way. Mm-hmm. You know, like sit down and say, oh, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe even you could say some, you know, tell me more about that. Or what do you think about that? Maybe. Or just let them talk. You know, one thing that is super important about this, Todd, is if this is, if we're talking about parents who have little kids, if we can start talking to them in this way or not talking so much, shutting mm-hmm. up a little bit and just allowing them to share and process, and we can be present for it and hold the space for it and handle it, they are going to be a lot more likely to talk to us when they're older, when mm-hmm. they're 13, 14, 15, because they won't be afraid to come to us because they'll know that we'll listen rather than judge and give a bunch of advice. Right. I think that's what's hard for children when they come to their parents is they'll say, ugh, I'm just going to get an earful about what I should have done, what I should do. It's more, it's, it's too difficult. Mm-hmm. And so if we can start practicing at an early age, and in no way do I think you can't do this now if you have teens. Of course, you, you can start whenever. But if we can start practicing early, mm-hmm. then our children begin to trust that conversation. I have another option. Okay. One, The first one is say, oh. Right. Um, the next one is when they, when say your teenager comes to you with a problem, instead of going into problem-solving mode, you ask a question, you say, oh, what are you going to do about that? Mm. And then, you know, put it back on them, you know, because you're not going to be there for every problem they ever have. And it gives them an opportunity. It empowers them to do something. Like, yeah. there's a part of me that would like to ask a district a different question and I don't know if it's a better one or a worse one but is well how can I help you I say Mm -hmm. that a lot well how can I help you do this but maybe sometimes instead of me saying how can I help you maybe I'd say what are you going to do about that right I think that is a great I I think you can do that at any age Mm -hmm. but I think that's a great thing to say to a child who's Mm preteen teen because that's when they really are taking starting to take responsibility for their own life right and you know when a child is three and you say you know what are you going to do about Mm -hmm. that it may be tougher now it could work in Mm -hmm. some situations but I really think that is excuse me showing that you respect their opinions and their choices and that they have you are empowering them to take responsibility for their lives well and this goes back to an earlier show we did where you know the differences between men and women and as men um you know if you were to come up to me with a problem i would start going into problem solving mode and fixing it and all that and 95 percent of the time you don't want me to do that you want me to say oh and listen and really be quiet and let you talk 
And um, you know, that's it's not just about parenting your children. It is about your relationship with your spouse. Well, I should speak to the men. Guys, if you're out there and your wife comes home and she's got an issue, try saying, oh, and then when she keeps on talking, say, that really sucks. That must really suck. And I guarantee you, it'll probably be a better result than what you would have done otherwise. And let's bring this situation together with change. Okay. Say you have um, uh, you know, a situation where you decided that you are going to work, you know, the man is going to work and the woman decides that she wants to stay home and be a stay at home mom. Right. She does it for six months and she realizes mm -hmm. this is not what I thought it was going to be. I love my child dearly. I love spending time with him or her, but this is harder than I thought it was going to be. I need something more for myself. I want to do a part-time job or something. Right. She goes to her husband and says, you know what? This is not what I thought it was going to be. And the husband said, well, six months ago, you said you wanted to stay home. Right. Or when we got married, you said that you wanted to stay home. What's the problem? Right. And he's missing the piece that something has changed. Mm -hmm. And instead of allowing for the change or saying, hey, let's have a discussion about this change you're experiencing, he's saying, go back to the way you used to be. Right. This is too difficult for me. Exactly. He needs to take responsibility for his own thing. And you talk about change in adults um, you know, from a political standpoint. And I, the one thing I don't think we're ever going to talk about on the show is religion and politics. Oh, come on. Let's have a religion and politics show. So That'd be we're, fun. We're going to stay away from that. But the one thing I will say is, regardless of what your political affiliation is, um, John Kerry ran for president whenever that was a few terms ago and he got torn apart because he changed his mind on I think it was the war or something from 1968 to 2008 or whatever year right. that was and he got called out he got called being a waffler and a mind, you know yeah like something he said that mm -hmm. was caught on film or whatever in the 60s right. was brought back mm -hmm. into this election and said see he he said this he changed his mind he's a waffler and a flip-flopper and and that, and regardless i mean uh, you, yeah this is not about the politics yeah, you can of use it. it for any um uh, person who is trying to get into elected office why is it so bad for somebody to change their mind? I change my mind every single day. And you know what, Tad? I looked at that the other way. I would like to have somebody either working for me, living with me, whatever. Again, it's not just about politics. Who does have an open mind and right. can change their mind and see things differently? If I was thinking the same way I was thinking 20, 30, 10, five, even five years ago, I think that would be difficult. It'd be boring, too. Well, and the whole point of life, the whole point of life is growth and evolve right. to me. Now, again, this is my belief system is that we are here mm -hmm. to, you know, grow as people, to realize the deeper meaning of things, to develop meaningful relationships, to enjoy life and to see things through in a different way. And if I was the same way I was 10 years ago, what's the point? Right. Like I have learned things. I'm growing. I'm seeing, and, and do you think I'm going to be different two years from now? Yeah, yeah. I might be different next week. Absolutely. So watch out. <laughs> um, what I do for a living is I sell accessories to construction companies, and my whole job is to get people to change, change from using mind. one product to using my product. And that, by far, has always been my biggest challenge because people get so set in their ways. Even if I show them a better way to do it, it's very difficult for anybody to change their mind. And I think it's just like a human pattern. And, you know, the first step is awareness. And the first, you know, if you can... Build into your own awareness saying, okay, maybe I'll be open to something new. And it's not everybody. There's plenty of people that are open to new ideas without having to think about it. But I would say most of us 
just get pre-programmed into a certain thing and like they don't want to make any changes. Well, and we start to define who we are mm-hmm. where we say, I am this kind of person. I don't do that. Right. Um, this is my belief system. So I can't say that. Mm-hmm. This is my, we really kind of, uh, what's, we tie ourselves up with all these labels and right. all of these belief systems. We're restricting about our, ourselves. We restrict ourselves. And so we can't break free. Like, and so we, we don't try things because we don't want people to think something about us. And, you know, that has probably been my greatest freedom in the last five years is trying things that I knew people would say, wait a second. Mm-hmm. Like when I decide I want to be a yoga teacher, right. people say, when do you, you know, how long have you been doing yoga? Mm-hmm. Or you don't look like a yoga teacher mm-hmm. or really? Right. or And I really had to walk through that and kind of challenge even my own belief system. This isn't about other people, but say, you know what? I may not look this this way or um, I may not, you know, be, I don't have a lot of, you know, yeah. it wasn't typical. Right. I wasn't a typical yoga teacher, but it's what I wanted. And the more I got into it, I realized there's, you know, yoga teachers come in all size, shapes, everything. You right. know, everybody's different. Well, so. and I think the, the the bigger lesson is I think the reason people don't want to change, and, and I say people, I include myself, so I don't want to sound like I'm on a pedestal. Um, we are afraid to fail. Oh, yeah. And that is the, you know... If that's the one thing that I can change about myself is put yourself out there, take some calculated risks, and and be okay with failing. Like sometimes I try to take such control. Like we're going through, you know, our own financing, and we're getting trying to get a loan, and you know, it's had it's it's forced me to rethink of what is what is accessible to. Um, us and what isn't from, uh, you know, are we going to pull some money out of a retirement? <laughs> we just need to call this what it is. Yeah. You are very tight with money. Very tight with money. And, and very disciplined. And I don't, I, and I have not wanted to pull from retirement 401ks, IRAs f- to help us pay for um, a rehab for right. our house. And it has, it's still taking me work. I'm still not there, but right. I'm getting there and I'm trying to leave myself open. Um, but, you know, it's the well, fear of failure and it's, 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 reprogramming it's like yoda you must unlearn what you have learned beautiful that's a great quote is that we get so stuck we get we feel safe yeah it's safer this is what i've done and i seem okay so why why risk it this is what works for me and so why would i mess this up and i get that Mm -hmm. i get that thinking but if we are doing that all the time, then we don't get this opportunity to grow and evolve and do what we really love. Right. And, you know, just like we talked about this on a previous show, but you have finally started taking piano lessons. Oh, yeah. I'm good. You are good. and there's Actually, that's not true, but I'm... I'm you are getting better. I'm better than I used to be. And I started my dance class, mm-hmm. and I kind of feel silly in there sometimes <laughs> because mm-hmm. I'm really relearning this whole dance thing, but I also feel exhilarated. And and once again, you're, we're modeling the behavior that we hope that our, our children, children exactly. can do. You never, you never stop learning. You're never too old to start something yeah. new. I can't stand the, old, the whole term, old dog, new tricks. Like, I don't buy into that. No. If, if I ever buy into that when I'm 80, I, like, I hope I still am learning how to play the recorder or something when I'm 80 years old. Well, those are the stories we love the most when we hear that someone went back to school when they were 60 to get their degree or change their job. Like even our architect, Mm -hmm. part of the reason we chose him Mm -hmm. is because he was doing a completely different job. Mm -hmm. And then he decided at some age, maybe around 40 or 45, no, I'm going to go back to school and be an architect because that's what I love. And right then you and I looked at each other, we're like, we love that. Well, and there's so many stories out there. Louise Hay is a publisher. I don't know how she started, but what is the name of her company? Hay House. Hay House. Mm -hmm. And she started that company when she was like 60 years old or something mm-hmm. like that and now it's this ridiculously hugely successful thing and a 60 year old woman just kind of started this you know on a whim and all of a sudden next thing you know 
she's this, you know, really powerful person. And and she, and not only that, but what Hay House represents is mm-hmm. about a healing and knowing yourself and being honest with yourself and growing your life. Right. So she, it, it was an embodiment right. of what the message she's putting out there. And right. so that's a great example. And, you know, so really, you guys, it's about respecting change. Yep. And just like Todd said, honoring change within yourself so your children can see mm-hmm. that life is about growth and evolving. If we're not evolving and trying new things and risking, how can we ask them to do that? Mm-hmm. And how can we look at them and say, oh, that's ridiculous that you're afraid of that when we're actually walking around worried about change too. So we're not saying it's easy, but it's something to think about. It's worthy of a discussion. I have a question for you. Please. Um, who is qualified to read your book? Do you have to be um, um just a, a new mom to read your book? Oh, no, not not at all. Can you be anybody and read your book? You can be anybody. Well, then, if you are listening to this, <laughs> you can buy Kathy's book at kathykasaniadams.com. You can be anybody. How's that for a transition? Absolutely. Thank you. You can give it to your four-year-old son and have him read it. Well, I think something that you and I hold dear is that on this radio show and in the books that, that I write and the articles I write, there are universal principles in there. Mm-hmm. So it's not, you don't have to completely identify with me, mm-hmm. but if if there's a feeling or something in there that resonates with you, you can probably bring the principle into your own life. So Two more things. Avid Company, we didn't mention them. They're our sponsor. They do uh, rehabs and construction all over the Chicago area. And also area. some of things like painting. Painting, and, painting, you know, painting your house. They do a fantastic interior job. Interior and exterior, 630-956-1800. And uh, avidcompany.net, A-B-I-D-C-O dot N-E-T. And then the last thing that I'll close with is my movie line, and that movie line is go with the flow like a twig on the shoulder of a mighty stream. Now that's kind of a hard movie line, so I'll give you one more just to tease you a little bit. And that is, I never saw a man get picked up by his testicles before. (laughs) If you know what that's from, go ahead and uh, put it on the Facebook, and uh, you might get a free book. So this is Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. We will see you next week. Adios. (laughs) 